welcome to the Pinstrap Valley Podcast, Mid-Spring Training Edition. Huzzah! Woo! I'm Andrew Mearns. I'm uh, here with Kun Shah. How are you doing? I'm always here. I'm always here. Yeah. I'm good, man. How are you? <laughs> good. Yeah, yeah. I have you trapped in this um, podcasting void for eternity, and this is your only time to emerge in a plea for help. I'm never not in on the Zoom I'm just always stuck in this Pinstripe Valley podcast room. That's just my forever constant state of being. And you're stuck in the waiting room, too. (laughs) Yeah, you don't even let me into the meeting. (laughs) Yeah, you just have to stay in the purgatory Zoom waiting room. (laughs) It's a great life, people. Highly recommend. 10 out of 10. Would do again. Yeah, so we've just been catching up on all Yankee spring training action in the la- in the time since we last talked. There have been some developments that we're going to get into. And one thing that did happen last week, more so than this week, but it's still definitely worth talking about, the Zach Britton elbow surgery to remove bone chips, which is a big old bummer for the early bullpen plan, since we're probably not going to see him until June at the absolute earliest. So that was a tough blow. You know, bone chips are my least favorite kind of chip. Yeah, I'm much analysis. more of a potato chips kind of guy. Uh, Love me some chips. potato chips, some tortilla chips, you know, mm. some barbecue jalapeno chips. All those good. Bone chips, not so much. Yeah, bone chips are two thumbs down from Boom. Team Pinstripe Alley. You heard it here first. Yeah. No, but yeah, I mean, I'm very sad about the Britain news. As of right now, he still is, but my favorite reliever, because obviously, you know, he's just a good dude, but... I feel like he's the most reliable pitcher in that Yankees bullpen. So it's definitely a big blow to the team. But if he can come back and, you know, be fresh for like the second half of the season and potentially the playoffs and whatever, it could be good for him, but it still kind of just sucks. Yeah. And I guess with relievers who are getting older, a little rest probably isn't the worst thing to have to happen. It's just going to suck early on a little bit because it does put a hole in the Yankees bullpen plans. And granted, I remember acknowledging this in the post of the breaking news. The Yankees are one of the teams in the league who is at least best equipped to handle losing either their best reliever or second best reliever because they have some pretty good backups in there. And the fact that they signed Justin Wilson and Darren O'Day is proving to be all the more important now. Even if Justin yeah. Wilson's been kind of crappy in spring training, but I don't really care too, too much about the spring training stats. Yeah, him. I mean, it's definitely something where you don't want to completely brush it off because he just really hasn't looked good at all. But also you don't want to like put too much stock into it either as far as Justin Wilson's concerned. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I don't know if any other team is better equipped to handle it, but it's still just things because that's probably the most important person in the bullpen. But maybe if they sign David Robertson, like I told him to. This wouldn't this wouldn't be a problem. <laughs> yes, couldn't just still holding out for the <laughs> the thirty year contract for David Robertson. Thirty years, thirty million dollars a, a year. Get it done. I yeah, it's that easy, right? Is, but yeah, I mean, it'll definitely give some other people chances, kind of step up. Even though, like, I kind of figured like maybe this would give uh, Adam Warren a chance to come back. Hopefully, he has a no trade clause this time around. But figured that would probably be his like segue back onto the team. But I know he was just part of the latest round of like roster cuts or trimmed down of the team he was yeah they, they did make their first wave of roster cuts just a few days ago and most of the cuts were basically just top prospects that who weren't going to be hanging around the team for that long anyway but one of them was indeed Adam Warren which was a bit of a surprise just because it seemed like a veteran like him would have the leeway to at least hang around a little bit longer but it could also possibly relate to the fact that he was also just shut down with shoulder soreness so that wasn't news at the time he was cut, but 
that came out just a few days ago. So apparently Adam Warren is probably not going to be much of part of the Yankees 2021 bullpen plans, which is okay, fine. I guess there'll yeah. be the better judgments of that of him coming off Tommy John surgery than we yeah, are I mean, from guess... over here <laughs> in the podcast void. Yeah. I mean, it's Adam Warren. It's not like, you know, he's like this great, great, great. Oh my God. You need to have him in the bullpen. He was far from a lock for a roster spot, but definitely expected him to stick around a little bit longer just to see. But I guess the Yankees knew they definitely have more insight into his medical. So probably his shoulder soreness or whatever definitely played a little bit of a part to it. But I mean, just because he was cut now, I don't think that that means we won't see him at all this year. Yeah, the bullpen definitely has enough cycling parts that it does feel like if he hangs around at the alternate site and later AAA, he'll probably pop up at some point or another. We see so many random relievers over the course of a full season. So yeah, one of those random relievers who has forced his way into both the Yankees and us talking about him, Lucas Lickey who has not pitched in the majors since 2015, but is absolutely shoving in spring training. And it's not just like uh, the stats are obviously good. Five innings, 11 strikeouts, one walk, two hits and no runs. That's doing the job. But also just watching him pitch, his stuff is electric. Yeah, he's definitely been one of the emerging star perform not star, but like uh surprise performers. There you go. That's the word I was looking for. <laughs> Lucas Licky, star of the show. Oh yeah, but, um, all-star, MVP. But yeah, I mean, I was all ready to not like him just because like the way his name is spelled and the way his name is pronounced, they don't go together. But after a little bit of like, you know, just kind of looking through his like Twitter, I think I like him because of the fact that his header photo on Twitter is uh, like 100% of the shots like you pointed out to me from the office with Michael Scott being credited for it. But I also just love that his bio says that he's a left-handed pitcher for the Yankees and a stay-at-home dad. I don't know how that works. Yes, he's trying to juggle. (laughs) Unless he's just going to pitch from his house or his kids are just like in family just like living with him at different stadiums but I'm, I'm into it i think i like him yeah he's just gonna they're just gonna hang out in the clubhouse one of the uh remote offices or something i don't know <laughs> but Brian yeah. Catherine just walks into his office and it's just like lucas licky's family there it's like hello oh uh i didn't know uh the licky fam was here but okay <laughs> well then this is awkward but yeah it's hard to really come across lefties with stuff like this and it's uh it's been impressive to see you don't Obviously, again, spring training, but you don't normally see Andrew McCutcheon, Didi Gregorius, and Bryce Harper all strike out in a row and just look bad while doing so. So definitely promising for him. And obviously, the Yankees have to make some sort of roster move to get him on there. I don't know if it'd just be as simple as putting Britain on the 60-man, but it does seem like he has a very real shot at making this team. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm rooting for him. I mean, anybody who hasn't pitched in the majors in like six years is definitely a little bit of a question mark, if not a lot. But Mm -hmm. from what we've seen so far, it wouldn't be completely ridiculous as long as he, you know, keeps it up. And then worst case scenario, if he does like fail or falter, it's not like, you know, it'll be some crazy loss or whatever. You just, you can easily cut ties with somebody like him too, if it ends up kind of biting them in the ass. Yeah, this is just someone who will probably fill one of the last spots in the bullpen right now. And the Yankees do have a little bit of flexibility with who they decide to choose with uh, Britain being out because you'll have the obvious ones on there, Chapman, Green, O'Day, Wilson. We'll still get Luis Sessa, I have no doubt. I would be surprised if we don't say, don't have Jonathan Loiska in there. Good old Johnny Lasagna. And you, you know, you could always use some lasagna on the team. Could always use some lasagna on the team. It's true. 
And it does feel like we'll get possibly Licky, possibly Nick Nelson as well, who is a guy that the Yankees have talked up a lot to. And we saw a little of in 2020, but this is a another pitcher who might be a long-term starter. It's unclear right now. He could be one of those guys like Chad Green, who eventually just finds his role in relief more so than starting. But for now, it does seem like Nick Nelson might make the teams like the long man. Hey, I mean, again, power to him. And I'm a big fan of this uh, trend of like the people with the first name, last name initials coming out of nowhere to, you know, impress and making the team. Double N, double L. Yeah. Double N, double L. Although hopefully Lucas Litke isn't taking too many L's. (laughs) That was my impersonation of the Seinfeld riff. So y'all are welcome for that. (laughs) Anyway. There we go. Yeah. Nothing Uh, nothing with that. Yeah. So bullpen Yankees are working on it. Too bad that there's no Britain. Hopefully he'll come back healthy. Rah, rah, rah. Licky. Hooray. Yay. (laughs) That seems to be the spark notes version of it. We'll still have like a couple weeks left of spring training to see how the roster shapes into form. And hopefully no one else breaks in that time. But you know, that's, that's that. So hopefully, I mean, you never know, but all you can do is hope. Yeah. What is a roster if not health persevering? I don't right, know. Merge vision. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have magic power, sadly. Anyway, we should talk about the starting pitchers too, because it looks like the Yankees are going to have a tricky decision to make with uh, the fifth starter between Domingo Harmon and Debbie Garcia, because both are pitching really well early on in spring training. Obviously, Harmon has all the baggage, which we've talked about before, and we don't really need to dive into again because that's not how the Yankees are going to be evaluating it. So we got to see if uh, the Yankees are going to take Debbie Garcia or Domingo Herman for that fifth starter role and what they're going to do with the other guy. Yeah, I mean, obviously, personal opinions aside, from a pure baseball perspective, this is kind of what you want. If you're the team and you have a competition or open spot, you want more than one option to kind of step up and make the decision difficult for you. Sure. So from a pure baseball standpoint, this is probably the best the Yankees could hope for with both Garcia and Herman are pitching well and performing and, you know, kind of just chugging along and doing their thing. It's definitely going to be a tough decision. I mean, me, besides all the other crap that, like you've mentioned, we don't need to kind of go back into, I would like to see Garcia get the spot just because I feel like there's more potential with him. So if he can really... If the Yankees feel confident within him and, you know, they feel like they can really rely on him to kind of go out and pitch every fifth day, I feel like my preference would be from him for him, even just from a pure baseball standpoint, because, you know, he's the prospect. He's the one that's up and coming. We don't know where his like ceiling or floor is really. So it'd be it'd be just fun to see, you know, like the exciting prospect come up and kind of do his thing. But at the same time, if they feel that he needs a little bit more development, at least for right now, it doesn't seem like, again, from baseball perspective, it doesn't seem like they would be at a loss if they went with Armand over Garcia and let Garcia kind of just work on whatever he needs to work on or whatever they want to see a little bit more. Yeah, and I could definitely envision a scenario where the Yankees are looking at it like, well, we do see Garcia as more part of our long-term future, but in this weird 2021 season coming off the super shortened 2020, Debbie Garcia is going to have a huge innings jump regardless so maybe one way to manage that will be to only use him sparingly in april they've talked about possibly using a sixth starter at some point they don't have six days in a row of play until april 25th so if they do 
want to try that six-man thing, they wouldn't even have to bother with that until the end of April. So maybe what they might do is just carry Devi at the alternate site and see how he looks there and just manage him in a more reduced setting while letting Herman just take the fifth starter spot since he's also been pitching well. And then they'll probably still keep Devi as part of their long-term rotation plans and definitely the first man up in case any of the top four starters needs to skip a start here or there. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely interesting because like, you know, even like anybody outside of Garrett Cole, like as far as the Yankees rotation is concerned, you really got to watch the arm and the innings and all that. So if they can make it work, it might not even be crazy to kind of just have a six starter on the regular, not necessarily as a spot starter, but like an actual regular six starter, just because like you mentioned, everyone's coming off of this super weird short season. Although I guess uh, for Kluber and Tyon, it's not so much coming off of the short season as it's just not pitching in like two years, but it's definitely going to be interesting to see if there's any sort of like innings limit or innings cap on any of these uh, four or five pitchers that aren't named Garrett Cole. I feel like Garrett Cole is the only one who they'll just be like, Hey, if you're, you're not dying, you're throwing a ball and I don't care about how many innings it is. You're just going to freaking keep throwing, but anybody else, it's going to be curious. Cause I mean, they haven't announced any sort of like innings limit or anything like that, but I'm sure they have something in the back of their mind, like, all right, Garcia, we want to be careful with him. We don't want him to pitch more than X amount of innings, especially coming off the fact that he had like 40 last year. I'm completely making up that number as I just for a point of reference. But yeah, I, I mean, they've they learned their lesson with the whole job Chamberlain thing that they're not announcing any sorts of like limitations. Yeah. <laughs> they're just going to handle that all internally and hopefully figure that out from there. But. Yeah, I have no doubts that there are some sort of limits on most of these guys. And with the people in the rotation, it's a good point because Kluber and Tyone, I could definitely see missing some time here and there. Even Jordan Montgomery has been, there have been some articles about him, and even, even from Pinster Ballot too, where we've talked about how like the Yankees are going to be counting on him to have a good, healthy season. But he also had Tommy John surgery not that long ago. And the 2020 season was supposed to be his first full year back from Tommy John. And because, you know, pandemic he only pitched 44 innings so he might very well only be able to go like 150 as well so tbd on what the rotation looks like beyond garrett cole which has basically been the story of the offseason so right back to square one it'd be nice if they had uh, you know like a masahiro tanaka or something you know just off the top of my head a tanaka yeah yeah why i could connecting him to the yankees it just it, it just seems like it would make sense but It'd be nice if they had at least another pitcher behind Cole that they could be like, all right, we feel confident that both you and Cole will be able to at least give us innings and then the rest will kind of figure out and piece together as we need to. And hopefully everyone just overachieves. Yeah. Right now you're just hoping everyone outside of Cole is like, not necessarily overachieving. Maybe that's the wrong term, but just you, you can't rely or expect too much out of everybody coming off of injury or shortened season and all that. So it's it's weird. Yeah, I think with, with Kluber at least, they think he's healthy. And, you know, one of their trainers had been working with Kluber during his offseason rehab, even before he signed with the Yankees. So at least they did have some inside intel there. The interview I did with Marley Rivera last week, she talked about how the Yankees were pretty confident about Kluber being healthy. And at least this is a guy on a one-year contract. So even if he does randomly go out there and throw 170 innings or whatever, that's not going to impact the Yankees' long-term future because this is probably a guy who's only going to be there for one year. So if the cards fall correctly and he does have a good healthy season, then that will perfectly line up with what the Yankees want from a number two. Yeah. I mean, he's looking really, so. You really could do a lot worse than having Corey Kluber as your number two. So it's, it's definitely not a bad situation. It's just not like the most 
it's just more uncertain situation. than you'd think there you go yeah but you know we'll see the good thing is like even outside of the fifth spot competition between garcia and armand like you mentioned kluber's kluber's look good everyone like there's been really no like oh my god this guy this guy's not ready for the season yet or anything like that obviously you know they're still gearing up warming up but so far there haven't been as far as like the the starters are concerned i don't think anybody's really come out and you know given us any reason for concern or any pause or anything yet. So that's always good. News well, too. actually, could uh, Garrett Cole give up two homers and in one inning to the Tigers the other day? So I think the Yankees need to trade him. Yeah, but like, is he even a lock for the roster? I don't like, know. I, I'm talking about like the actual pitchers, not what, what was his name? Coley? Cool, Coley? Cole, Cole, <laughs> Cole, got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, Garrett Cole just needs to get out of here. We're, we're done with him. Trade him. Yeah, better better sell high. You know, get a get a Nolan Arenado return. You'll the Yankees might have to pay for Eric Cole's salary this year just to get rid of him. <laughs> oh no. But maybe they could trade him to the Cubs and bring Austin Romine back. Ah, that, isn't that the dream? <laughs> it's the dream for someone, I'm sure. I don't know. Um, I, I'm a hundred percent sure somebody listening to this be like, "That's a great idea." Oh wow! Whoever's listening to this and thinks that, I'm sorry to say this, but you're wrong. <laughs> we are staking out, out. You're wrong. We are staking out this bold claim on the Pinstripe Alley podcast. The Yankees should not salary dump Garrett Cole to the Cubs for Austin Robide. <laughs> it's a bold decision, but I'm, I'm sticking with it. Now, if the Cubs could get Ronald Torres in the fold and then trade him, then I, then I think he got something there. So. I think that's uh, what we in the industry like to call a no-doubter. Yes. <laughs> get it done cash. Anyway, so we should uh, move on. We'll move on to the, the bench now, since it seems like Jay Bruce is, I guess, not going to compare him to Lucas Lickie because, you know, Jay Bruce actually played baseball last year, unlike Lucas Lickie. He's not played Major League Baseball for the past six years. But Bruce has really come out there and really hit well on spring training and is looking like the kind of guy who the Yankees should be carrying. Yeah, I mean, you can do a lot worse than having Jay Bruce come off the bench, but like especially the fact that he's showing he can come and hit. And it'll be nice to have that sort of like power bat off the bench who can just, you know, hit one out whenever you need it to, especially if like, you know, you have like a Brett Gardner no, I mean, not necessarily Brett Gardner, but like somebody who's not as powerful or whatever, but like uh, Mike Talkman out or whatever you, for he's starting the game, but you want somebody to come in late to just, you know, kind of help rally or whatever. Jay Bruce could do a lot. You could do a lot worse than Jay Bruce. Yeah. <laughs> and he's showing that so far. Like it helps that he did play baseball last year. So that's always a good thing. Right. Obviously, pinch hitting is not really as big a part on a roster like the Yankees, but there are going to be games where you have Tyler Wade in your starting lineup, where you have Kyle Higashioka, where maybe you'll want a big lefty to come off the bench late in the game to get you a big hit. Or just a start every now and then, give Giancarlo Stanton a day off from DHing. The fact that he can play first base is big too, can help spell Luke Voigt. Then you don't have to roster Mike Ford, since Mike Ford's looking more and more like he's a thing of the past. So I feel pretty good about having a guy like Jay Bruce just hanging around the team more so than uh, Mike Talkman at this point, who I think is still a pretty good fifth outfielder on most teams and maybe on another team would get a shot to like rebuild from his 2020. But the more you see him kind of struggle at the plate, I know we homered just the other day, but I don't have a lot of confidence in him right now. And I'd rather roll the dice on rostering Jay Bruce than maybe losing Jay Bruce and thinking the Talkman's going to rebound. And if that doesn't work out, then well, you lost Jay Bruce. So, you know, the funny thing about Mike Talkman, 
I just remembered that there are like people who gave money to have a t-shirt of him, like Sockman. Ah, just sock <laughs> I just man. remember that. Sockman. It was a fun little story when it all happened. But yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, it was a 2019, right? It was. I think that was more, uh, that was more just like a fun little, oh my God, who is he? Rather than like, oh my God, this is the next superstar. I mean, it's easy to think that with the way the Yankees have developed these guys or traded like, you know, nothing for nobodies and turned them into stars like Luke Voigt, even Gio Urshela coming to life with the Yankees. So it's definitely easy to think like, oh my God, Mike Talkman's the next great Cashman fine. But the chances were more and more likely that Mike Talkman was just having like, a, just having a great time living his best life in 2019. And that was probably it. So even seeing him struggle and, you know, somebody even like Tyler Wade, who is most likely going to make the team struggle. It's, I don't even know if they're struggling or just, you know, being who they are. <laughs> Tyler Wade is always going to be a guy who the Yankees are going to give very, very strong consideration to just because he is so defensively versatile. And this is not like a Derek Dietrich versatile where you can put, make him stand out there in a whole bunch of positions where, but Wade can actually play most of these positions pretty well. So that's a very useful guy, good pinch runner too, which never a bad thing to have. But the problem is that he can't hit. And it's been a running theme for quite some time. So the Yankees are probably still going to have Tyler Wade out there on their bench on opening day. But the fact that they did give Gio Urshela a look at shortstop the other day was interesting to me that maybe they are possibly kicking around the idea of putting Wade at the alternate site and making Gio Urshela their backup shortstop if Glaber goes down for like a day or two. And then they can more easily roster a Jay Bruce kind of guy. Yeah, I mean, Tyler Wade has to play any significant amount of games like, you know, shit's hit the fan, really. <laughs> but it, it's definitely nice to have the other options. The Yankees can try and see how they can be creative with it. Like, if Giro or Shella can fake it for like a, a day or two or whatever, like to give Torres a break if he needs it, then that's great for the Yankees. And, you know, like you said, it allows Jay Bruce to have a better spot in the team where you don't really need Tyler Wade. Because I like the way uh, PSA's uh, resident Canadian put it the other day in our comment section, but he's pathologically afraid of reaching base. I did kind of laugh when I heard that or read that. So I'm just going to give him a little bit of credit there. And so it's great that, you know, he's fast and whatever, and he can come in and, you know, maybe steal a base here and there, but he has to get on base in order to do that. And he doesn't do that. Yeah, so it's... like, yeah, he'd be a great defensive, uh, you know, sub for like a day or two, but it's not really like you have Derek Jeter in 2013 or 2012, whatever, playing shortstop where you need to potentially worry about a, a defensive replacement coming in. Obviously, Jeter would never get a defensive replacement because, you know, New York Yankees and that would just cause a whole other monstrosity. <laughs> but the point being, we don't really need his defense because you have some liability out in the field. I mean, they have pretty good defenders for the most part as well. Like, I know... Gleyber Torres has struggled a little bit and he's not quite up there as far as defensive shortstops go, but he's not like completely a liability either. So I don't really know that it's worth carrying Tyler Wade and using up a roster spot for that. Yeah, it's definitely a spot where the Yankees are going to have to take a close eye and look at it before they set their opening day plans. Because look at the bench and you know you're going to get your backup catcher. If you want Jay Bruce on there, then there you go. Brett Gardner is obviously making the team. So then you got to choose for the Jay Bruce spot. Are you having him replace a Tyler Wade? Are you having him replace Talkman? Because if they do want to keep Talkman around, and I kind of get that, then in that case, you would probably need to demote Tyler Wade for a little bit and just uh, as an insurance policy, which makes some sense. Or they can just send Talkman packing and do a bench that does have Wade and Bruce on it. So I think he's got some options to think about as spring training winds down. Mm-hmm. And 
who knows, maybe an injury will make their decision for them, though hopefully not. <laughs> right. And like, I mean, if, you're, if we're talking about between Talkman and Wade, I think Wade might be the better person to have because the Yankees do have a bread gardener on the team who's 100% making the... So like, you know, you already have that fourth outfielder. You have Clint, uh, Clint Frazier also like, you, the Yankees do have outfielders. I don't think they need to carry Mike Talkman as a sixth outfielder on their active everyday roster, but it'll be interesting to see. I mean, what I think also helps Tyler Wade's chances is the Miguel Andujar injury. I don't know the severity of it, I'll be honest, but it doesn't seem like, you know, he's he's 100% healthy. So you, even if you wanted to slide uh, Gio Urshela to short, then who are you really having played third? Yeah, so, if you do that, I think then you'd have a lineup that has a LeMahieu at third and then moving other people around, so... Yeah, it, it seems like a lot of like juggling and figuring it out. So, but whereas if you had an Andujar, who's obviously everybody we've t- everyone's talked extensively about his defense, but yeah, at least you have an Andujar, then it's a little bit easier to just slide Urshela over to third uh, to short and then let Andujar play, uh, uh, you know, at third base for a day or two. But well, it'll be interesting. Yeah, well, now Andujar is having his own problems too. <laughs> so that's right, still- exactly. That's what I was like the injury to him. The, I think he had a, what, sore right hand and wrist? Yeah, sore right hand and wrist, and they've shot him down, and they don't really seem to have a definite answer as to what's going on with him yet. So that's got to be comforting for him. So Yeah, and I, as Yankees fans, we know anything anytime the Yankees are very vague about their injuries, it's always a good sign. I'm yeah. sure he's not, you know, done for the year or the next five years or something like that. Yeah, and, and that, it, it does suck because it's one of those things where I don't think that they were going to be able to find a spot for Andujar anyway. I think they probably want him to be playing regularly somewhere to at least sort of get back into some semblance of offensive form. But I don't really know what his future is with the team right now. I think he's probably going to be at the alternate site and he'll be uh, hanging around in AAA until the Yankees have an injury or something and then they need to call him up. But I don't know. It's hard. Yeah, and now that, like, now that he's hurt, it just definitely makes it even more difficult for him. I don't know that he has a future with this team, like you said, but, you know, power to him. If, if he can come back healthy, he can hit. Absolutely. And, you know, all, all these players need to do and what you, want, what you want the players to do is make the decision difficult for the Yankees. Mm-hmm. If he's performing, you know, worst case scenario or best case scenario potentially for him is he comes back healthy, he's hitting, he's showing that he can, you know, do whatever he needs to do. Maybe they can use him as a trade chip. Yeah, and I think that's what they were hoping that he would be able to do maybe before spring training ended, but I think that timetable got pushed back a little bit. And Obviously, he still has some value to someone because there's a chance, the very real chance that he could recapture that 2018 form somewhere where he can play every day and not have to worry about you know any of the Yankees BMS breathing down his neck for his spot. So he probably would have had that chance if Gio Urshela hadn't become literally Gio Urshela. So. Yeah. Which was a good problem again, but yeah, alas. It sucks, but what can you do? Yeah. Well, we're going to take an ad break, and we will be back right after this. And we're back. So now we're going to wind down the podcast a little bit. We'll hit on some short stuff before we hit our Yankee and Mitre of the week. Uh, number one, just good to see that Aaron Boone's heart procedure seemed to go swimmingly. He was back by the weekend, which I've always said I would have waited a little longer, but, you know, athlete get an athlete, so... Yeah, especially like the fact that it's still spring training, like, dude, take your time. Who gives a crap right now? But obviously, it's probably a good sign that, you know, he came back so soon because that means he was feeling good. And, you know, everything kind of went as normal. And to your point, athlete kind of athlete, you you can't keep these guys off the field, even if they're just even if they're not playing and they're managing. 
you can't keep them off the field. So, but it's definitely nice to see him back, you know, hoping he's not putting too much stress on it or anything like that. So it's, it's definitely, you know, good for him. Happy he's doing well. Yeah. And it, it sounded like basically in his first press conference right after the procedure, he was like, I feel a lot better. This is good. So obviously the pacemaker thing doing is doing its trick, but still was a very scary situation. The last podcast when we had to get interrupted by like, Oh, I guess Aaron Boone's taking leave of absence. That sounds bad. Yeah. That can't be great, but we'll see. Yeah. Well, good thing it worked out. Carlos Mendoza, you will get your shot someday. Maybe. (laughs) Maybe. Yeah. And I guess the only other major thing, the Yankees will have some backup catcher problems. First, uh, Robinson Chirinos, who is in camp as a non-roster invitee and vaguely competing for the backup catcher spot, but was more than likely going to be the third string. He broke his wrist on a pitch that hit him. So he's out four to six weeks. And uh, Kaho Gashioka is dealing with some soreness as well. So he was supposed to start on Tuesday and he had to be scratched. It sounded like it's not a serious thing. And it was what a situation where maybe in the regular season, he would have just played, but it's something to at least keep an eye on. Yeah. I mean, with uh, as far as Chirinos is concerned, I don't think he was really uh, putting Higashioka's job in danger as far as like, you nah. know, being the backup catcher, but you know, it's definitely, you know, he's definitely some, a guy like you would like to have around. I mean, he's been around for a while, so, you know, whatever, but I think, yeah, with Higashioka, again, his job wasn't really in jeopardy, but like you said, just something to keep an eye on, especially as time progresses. But, you know, worst case scenario, Rob Rob Brantley season, I guess. (laughs) Rob Brantley, everyone's favorite Yankee. Hey, two homers this spring. So, you know, actually, I don't think Gary should be secure on his job. (laughs) Take that, Kraken. Yeah, it's the Kraken is out. The Bracken is in. (laughs) You're fired. You're fired. (laughs) (laughs) You're done. Well, I had a good run. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, hopefully, like the Yankees said that, you know, it's just, it seemed more like it was injury prevention, like no need to push it in spring training. But, you know, you can never really trust the Yankees with these reports. I feel like the last few years have shown us, like, anytime a guy's expected to miss like a day or two, he's out for like six months. But hopefully he's fine and, you know, we'll see him back soon. Yeah, it seems like it, it is just a minor thing, but at least worth noting for podcasting purposes. And hopefully the next time we talk, it's not just like, well, Kyle Higashioka had to have hip surgery. So. <laughs> Kyle Higashioka had his eye removed. Oh, We're wow. not sure why, but he just had it removed. Yeah, so now he's just Kyle Higashioka. <laughs> You're fired again. <laughs> <laughs> That was to you, but you're fired again. I think that one was even worse. So I'll, it I'll was. I will accept that. <laughs> he by rules the, his rules at that point. By the way, after I said the Bracken, it occurred to me <laughs> that it would have made more sense for Brantley's name to be like a monster that starts with a B, like the beast, it's like kind of like the Kraken. But instead, I went with just Bracken. <laughs> <laughs> so that's no nope, the Bracken, the Bracken, nope, the Bracken. I think you're just you're just in March Madness fever. You just did your bracket, so you're thinking about bracket. That's true. <laughs> there is also a minor house in Game of Thrones that is House Bracken. So maybe I was thinking of that. Yes. Yes. We'll, we'll give you all these free passes for right now. Yeah, th- these are valid excuses, right? Right? No. Okay. I think that's how it works. Well, before my last day, I suppose we will do the Yankee Hindi. 
Mitre of the week. So, Goon, who do you have as your Yankee of the week? My Yankee of the week is going to be Lucas Litty. Not because he's performed well or anything like that, because I'm still just very into how he's a pitcher and a stay-at-home dad. So congratulations, Lucas Litty. When you're listening to this, hit me up. Let's talk about this. Like, I just want to know more, man. Like, how do you do both? How do you do both? You know, honestly, though, you said the fact that he's come out, he's made a made a made some noise, made some waves this spring. It's always a good thing to see, and you know, kind of what you want from from his standpoint. So let's just hope he can keep it going and keep it up, and I can give him Yankee the Meek, uh, Yankee of the Meek. Yankee of the Meek. <laughs> look, 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 <laughs> look what you did to me! But uh, hopefully, I can give him Yankee of the Week a few more times coming forward uh, in the in the future. Yeah, Yankee of the Meek is um, when we were picking Yankee of the Week in like 2013 or whatever. Yeah, right. <laughs> Who is standing out amongst all this garbage? And it was right. Robinson Cano anyway. for like 52 weeks <laughs> it was, in a row. It was Robinson Cano. Yeah, 100%. If there was a week it wasn't Robinson Cano, then we did something wrong. Not him. We did something yeah. wrong. Maybe maybe there was one or two where it was like Hiroki Kuroda because he was a lot of fun too. But Okay, yeah, that's fair. That, that'd be the only exception. Yeah. <sighs> Roke was great. Oh, I miss him. Yeah. I do like that he just pitched in Japan for a couple seasons and was like, I'm out. Okay, cool. It seems to seems to be the trend, apparently, because, you know, now it's not going back in Japan. Whatever. I'm not mad. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, who's your Yankee of the meek? <laughs> uh, that one was on purpose, people. Yeah. I don't know if you could hear that, but my cat apparently has some opinions about the Yankee. Of the week. I did, I did. Yeah, his his Yankee of the week is open the damn door. I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, my Yankee of the week is going to be Giancarlo Stanton because he's been hitting some monster balls, which have just been really fun to watch. You know, only one of them was like a homer, but he's also just been smashing the ball with ridiculous exit velocities that are just in mid-season form he had a great this is very goofy to call like a, a fly out to left great but he hit a ball 120 miles an hour that looked like it was about to knock over the phillies left fielder and yeah if anybody's gonna have a great fly out to left it's gonna be giancarlo stanton so like yeah when i saw that 120.1 i was like oh wait what did he just do yeah, and it's doing a disservice to it to, be, to call it a fly out too, because it was like a line drive. It was almost like one of those homers that he hits where it's just like, it just looks like a double in the gap, but no, it just soars over the wall. Okay. Yeah. And like, in no way am I going to claim that he's like the best hitter in baseball, but like when he's healthy and he's hitting and he's on, he might be the most fun hitter in baseball, just if you're into that kind of thing. But like for me at least, like it's just fun to watch him mash. And man, if he can stay healthy and Judge can stay healthy, this is going to be a fun season. Yeah, it's one of those things where you you see what he can do in that limited sample that we saw in the division series last year when he had all those homers in consecutive games. And that was, they, they just had no idea what to do with him. And it was amazing. And if we could get a little bit more of that, that would be swell. I'll sign up it'd be for that. Nice. It'd be nice. It'd be nice. I mean, you know, he's going to be around for a while. So yeah, it'd be nice. <laughs> yes. Uh, who is your Mitre of the week? So I know we said we're not really going to go into this too much, but I'm still going to give it to Domingo Urban. Um, I really just don't want to see him. And the fact that he's making a case for me to have to see him is really just annoying. I mean, yeah, it's, it's good. Like I said, it's good for the team. It's good from the baseball standpoint that he's pitching well because, you know, he's probably going to be called upon quite often 
And I don't know that if they had a better rotation situation that maybe in that world, the Yankees don't really, you know, keep him around or like feel like they want to rely on him too much, but I don't care. So I'm just annoyed that I have to talk about him. And so that's why he's my Mitre of the week. (laughs) Probably not. Do I care? Again, probably not. We're we're just going out for personal vendettas today. (laughs) I mean, if anybody has ever read anything I wrote or heard me on this podcast, this should not come as a surprise at all. Yeah. Well, I mean, the other thing is that it's it's really hard to actually like pick anyone right now because pretty much everyone is either it's just spring training, who cares, or they're just playing well. So that's nice. So yeah, <laughs> I guess I will go for my meteor of the week with the one guy who is not playing well, and that is Justin Wilson. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, get into I mean- form, my guy. It was 100% going to be my other or real pick if I chose to go that route, but I'm petty, so I didn't. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I'm not putting too much stock into it. I'm not too necessarily worried, quote unquote, about him. But hopefully, exactly. you know, the next time we're doing this, he, you know, pitch a little bit better, looks a little bit more in control. Like, I don't necessarily care about like results and all that stuff too much, but he just looked lost. Yeah. And that's and something that, that that's you don't the problem. See. Yeah. It's like, if he's throwing good stuff and everyone's just hitting it, that's fine. Like, you know, whatever, who cares the crap, but like, it wasn't really good stuff. So yeah, get get it together, guy. Yeah. So basically like, he's the one guy who's not pitching that well, who will be on the opening day roster because like Albert Abreu, Luis Medina, Asher Wojciechowski, they're not pitching well either, but they're not going to be <laughs> that relevant. So, wow. You know. Andrew Mearns with the watch bomb here. Yeah. That joke will never be tired by the way. No. Wajbon's been giving up some wash bombs, I think. So probably, but like who cares? Yeah, exactly. He's just gonna troll around the alternate site or whatever. If Asher Wojakowski sees any bullpen time for the Yankees, we'll we'll be concerned. Again, yeah, it's one of those things. Either that or he's just the next, you know, Lucas he's Linky. gonna win the Cy Young. <laughs> yeah, probably. Perfect. Uh, that seems that seems like likely. Yeah. All right. All right. Oh. All right. I think your cat wants to go outside. <laughs> he's <laughs> He's tired of this, so... I'm tired of your voice. Can you stop it already? Yeah. All right. Well, do you have anything else? Uh, I think I'm good. All right. Cool. Well, that'll do it for us on this edition of the Pinstrip Alley Podcast. You can rate and view us on iTunes. You can follow me on Twitter at Mernes PSA. You can follow Pinstripe Alley on Twitter at Pinstripe Alley. Follow Kun Shaw at I'm Not a HR Hitter. It is definitely Kunj. It's 100% me. Yes. I, I guarantee that. Yes. If All not, right. your money back. <laughs> Well, the next time we talk to you guys, it'll probably be just before opening day and we'll have a good idea about the roster. So that'll be exciting. And we're looking forward to that. Yay! Go Yankees. Go baseball. Yay. All right. Bye, everyone. See you.